This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. We are back from our two-week hiatus. Skip the show, but uh, it made a lot of sense. The uh, um, the trade deadline was on a Tuesday. We record on Mondays. Made sense to delay it by a week. So that is what we have done. We will have a full breakdown of the trade deadline. Of course, all of the major trades, including Shane Wright heading to the Windsor Spitfires. Um, so we will we will chat about that. That is segment number two, like I mentioned. But to kick things off, of course, we're going to run through the headlines um, from the past couple of weeks. As well, kind of give our overall thoughts uh, on the weekend. And then to round out the show, Colin Ward is currently or he will be working on his power rankings on the fly. That will come in number three. It always changes, yeah, Wardy. You changed. can't keep saying that. It always changes. Yeah, but sometimes it doesn't. I think the last two weeks I've had the exact same because out of the break, I had the same as going into the break. And I believe the week after that, for the last two, three weeks, I think I've had the same. Very odd. Because, yeah, I've changed it every other week. Yeah. It's that's not very, that's it's not very Delhi-like. Yeah, no, hey, it's all eye candy. Yeah. By the way, the Delhi, Ontario, getting an A&W. Big step. <laughs> Big step. We got five stop stoplights. Nice, right on. Hey, yeah, and you know what? The other day I was coming into town and I saw, um, I had my phone GPS on there and I saw there was traffic. We had a yellow line. So that's pretty cool. Wow. That's pretty sweet. Look at you yeah. guys go. Yeah, usually I can fly through the town like Dylan Larkin behind the Leafs defense last week there. But, oh, wait, did I just bring that up? That'd oh, be. yeah, the Wings won, even though we're not talking about Monday. But, yeah, I, I, usually I feel like Dylan Larkin there going through the town. Um, go right through it, no stop, just like against the Leafs there the other night. So that was fun. And I uh, had to bring that up. Love also, I, also, you know what really caught my eye? Twitter. Yeah, Twitter was hell? pretty it's bad a, week for Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's a gone show out there. Um, the energy wasn't there last show for me, Reese, yeah. but it's back this week. Oh, my. Um, I swear people download Twitter just to, like, randomly post thoughts they never say in person. Is that wrong? No, like, I think that's pretty accurate. And then they spell their thoughts which makes it even, even better. <laughs> Yeah, it's comical. But, yeah, it's just a mess out there right now. And um, one team in particular in the Ontario Hockey League has had a mess with Twitter as well. On Tuesday, so tonight when the show comes out, it will be five weeks since the Niagara Ice Dogs had a Twitter account. That's your stat of the day. Um, There you go. Stat of the day brought to you by Elon Musk. Because he just makes Twitter so much better. Yeah. I said I that sarcastically for anyone wrong. out there. So, Yeah, I don't, like, it baffles me how someone can take over a social media platform and change it. Why would you change something? I mean, man, man social what, media has always got pros and cons. But... My first thought, what's this stupid, you have a for you and then a following? What, what, what's this for yeah. you crap for? What's the difference? Yeah, you follow like people to see what they tweet. You, you would automatically think that you would want just yeah. want the following. Would, would you last, not? Yeah. The last thing I care about on my 4U lately, I've been having the Philadelphia Eagles pop up. 
Yeah. Very annoying. Man, Very annoying. So that's why if you follow me on Twitter, that's why you see all my uh, – yeah. that's why you saw my score prediction. Um, Giants hopefully by a lot against the Eagles. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. So – that's the only reason why I'm going against Philadelphia. Well, I think I think we've got I think we've got the worst combination uh, when it comes to the for you page. You get the Philadelphia Eagles. My friggin' timeline is filling up with the Toronto Rock. <laughs> do, do you root does, does Twitter the up there really down. think I give a crap about the Toronto Rock? Like, while come we're speaking on. of that, while we're speaking of that, first Ontario Center, take the banners down when the Bulldogs are yeah. playing, please. Yeah, and thank you. Um, much appreciated. Uh, the Bulldogs are based, their banners are basically on New York Street for some odd reason. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't quite get that. But um, nice venting slash rant session here for the first couple minutes of the show this week. Bad, I mean, eh? Twitter, yeah. Twitter was a joke. Twitter was a joke this weekend. Um, the users of Twitter, they're in the penalty box this weekend for uh, I gave them a five minute major. It was terrible. Um, oh my! Like, what are we doing? I I get it. It's always bad. That's why I really don't pay much attention. But wow, like I can't believe it. Be better. Through, Don't be dumb. Yeah, and also I went through Brantford on Saturday night. Went by the Civic Center. Hopefully, uh, home to an OHL team soon. It can definitely do it. Um, what a spot! I tell you, it's one of like. I think Brantford would have one of the best walk-ups revenue in the league right away, mm-hmm. where the Civic Center is. Oh my! You got the casino there. You have a bunch of you have restaurants there. Um, it's it's a nice spot there too, where it is. It really is a nice spot. There's a little piece of land there too, which I would love. I would love the if a team moves to Ranford. Um, I would love to see a team really try to build a restaurant there. Build a restaurant. Um, get in, make it an event when you go mm-hmm. there. Um. I, th- I find that there's a lot of teams in the Ontario Hockey League. When you go to a game, you're just going to a game. And for us, Reese, we go to the games, we go to cover games and stuff. Like, we're there to watch the game. We're there to go in-depth on the game. But for others, when people go to a game, like I, when when the Dodgers were in London a couple of weeks ago, it really wasn't, there really wasn't a lot of people actually into the game. It's an event there, right at the Bud in London. It is more of an event than people watching a hockey game itself. Um, but I find that there, you have to do that now to draw extra revenue. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I think Brantford would be a really good spot. I think Brantford would be top ten in the league at least in um, walkups and a chance to make it an event at a game. Mm-hmm. Would it would be a very good spot? You got a casino right next door. Um, you have a bunch of restaurants there. You have a nice plaza of restaurants, actually, right across the road, um, like a two-minute walk, literally nice. it's a one-minute walk. You park at the arena and walk across the road. You have a Wendy's. You have a Tim Hortons. You have a Boston Pizza. You have a burrito place. You have a bunch of stuff there. It's a perfect spot. I tell you, like, I drove by there. You're five, five minutes to the highway. Five minutes to the highway going toward Hamilton, Kitchener, London. Five minutes to Highway 24. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a really good spot. I when I went by there, I really got excited for that. Um, I hope I hope there's a one there's one team in particular going to Brantford. Um, Reese, you and I both know about uh, the possibilities, but yeah. I really hope I really hope it comes through because Brantford definitely deserves it. The area is growing, as you kind of know, living there in Brantford. I mean. 
I think this time it would be different. And when I look around other teams, and we've been we've been to a lot of different arenas, Reese, and the spot of Civic Center and the stuff it has around it, it's really an untapped market. Yeah. And there's a lot of arenas in the Ontario Hockey League that it can't be worse than. Yeah, well, well, and I think for Brantford, it kind of works out that there's absolutely nothing to do in terms yeah. of entertainment for the, the Laurier yeah. campus there. And it works out that all those Laurier buildings are just up that hill, just around Harmony Absolutely. Square. I mean, it cleans the, it up. Yeah, the Y student or the uh, Laurier students, they have the Y. Um, there's some bars. I don't know how many of them you want to go into. Yeah. Um, but really, there hasn't been a whole lot to do in Brantford for a, for a long time. You think of, you know, anyone who's kind of knows the area there's a car dealership turned into a sort of palladium type place you know first it was wacky wings and then it turned into game time or vice versa um that building is no longer existent Um, Mm -hmm. so really in terms of entertainment purposes if you're not 19 you can't go to the casino so that takes out another piece of entertainment for you so that's where i think an ohl team again they'll have to test the market they'll have to see exactly how well it actually does but yeah, I think um, it's a year that, two thing to do the restaurants. But yeah, that that's that's where I think that Brantford would work out so well is because there is nothing to do in Brantford. Yeah, there really isn't. It has everything but the team. It literally yeah. has everything but the team. The facility needs some work, but mm-hmm. it could do. In a, it could do, for quote unquote, for now. You're gonna have for, to put some money in. Yeah, for a team that may have a a two-year hiatus from their arena, just putting it out there. (laughs) Yeah, well, if it works, you might as well stay. Um, But then the team with that hiatus has the arena problem. I was going to say, the city of Brantford sounds more invested into the team than the city of Hamilton right now. Yeah, well, the Brantford mayor really hasn't done much. Kind of have to do something. I I mean, yeah, Kevin Davis is a little – okay. I'm not his biggest fan, but – well, they really haven't done much, but when you look around, look at the minor hockey they have. Brantford has more minor hockey, my, minor sports, than a lot of the cities that have OHL teams. I mean, Niagara has the North Stars. They have a lot of minor hockey. It's a very big area. Think about Brantford. They got four or five minor hockey leagues. They have a couple. They have, they have a strong baseball program in the summer. They have, couple football programs like not the idl team just to put it out there yeah no 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 no, we're talking minor ball just for anyone listening it it might it might actually give some excitement there at the end of the summer getting into august there when training camp starts if you play in branford yeah (laughs) but you know it just gives you something to do in branford i think the area is a lot bigger and it spreads out to even my area Mm -hmm. like 25 minutes from my driveway i get the civic center yeah like it's perfect So I I really hope that um, it's coming closer and closer to being that expansion team or a team probably moving to Brantford would be the mm-hmm. one short term probably. But I think Brantford has it all. The facility, yes, it'll get upgraded. But any team, that's, any team in this league that would move to Brantford obviously has the money to upgrade the facility. And the way the mayor, there was an article before Christmas time, the way the mayor spoke in Brantford, I mean, they're heavily invested in this. So if they're heavily invested into it, why not, right? Mm-hmm. And 
And, and the one negative thing I get is, well, what about the like about the bandits, the junior B? But I mean, there's a big difference. I mean, it's a, it's not a very uh, strong program to say it nicely there, but um, big difference between OHL when the OHL team goes there. When yeah. I just think it would be perfect. I really do. Um, when I drove by there the other night on Saturday evening, it looked uh, mm-hmm. it. I think that whole area, that whole area. Um, it reminds like if they could put if they could put a restaurant out by there, it would remind me of like Barry. How Barry has all the restaurants across the road, and they got the one in the arena. Mm-hmm. That's what it would remind me of to a T. The how you walk, how you drive into the Barry Arena, the Molson Center. It would remind me of the exact same going into Civic, but it's well worth it. I I really think that it's going to be legitimate this time about Brantford. So that's why I just wanted to mention that it's one of the things that caught my eye because, ooh, that facility's nice. Yeah. Oh, it's not the nicest, but it'll be upgraded. Mm-hmm. In the the area for a team should definitely have one. And uh, when I look around the league and I look at other teams and I look at like walk up crowd, I mean, there's some teams where walk up crowd doesn't even exist yeah. in the Ontario Hockey League. And if we're going to grow revenue, that's a really good market to tap into. Yeah. Well, you're looking at a location that almost got Connor McDavid and the Erie Otters back in the yeah. day. So. Uh, all right, a couple things. We'll get to the players of the week, then we'll take a break and and uh, come back for our trade deadline breakdown. So, goaltender of the week, and not a surprise here at all. Bulldogs goaltender Mateo Drobak um, sweeping the weekend for the Hamilton Bulldogs. They go into Ottawa. Drobak stops 35 at TD Place, a 4-3 victory for the Hamilton Bulldogs. And then he was excellent the next night in Kingston. 40 saves this time, and he was second star of the game. Four to one final against the Frontenacs is the first time that he takes home uh, this honor. Have we seen Mateo Drobak return to what <laughs> we have seen last year? Looks like we may have for the, for the Hamilton Bulldogs following this weekend. Yeah, and I mean that's the only that's one of the main reasons how they're gonna win hockey games. Him, Tristan Balbuff, and even now David Egorov, after making his debut on Wednesday evening against Guelph Storm, um, who looked pretty solid in that game. But when you look at uh, their goaltending in particular, Drawback and Malbuff, who played the primary amount of games, I would say. So when you look at them, they're gonna have to be the one of the main reasons how they're gonna win games. Um, the Elton Bulldogs there are. It'll be a tough one because there's a little gap there. They're a team in transition that's going into a – it's in a rebuild, retool, mm-hmm. you could say. Um, they're trying to find their roles, their system in play. Um, if you go onto the Bulldogs Audio Network, you can hear our uh, interview actually on the Hammertown podcast with Nick Lardis, newly acquired uh, mm-hmm. Bulldog from Peterborough. And we talked to him in, on Tuesday, before, the day before the game, on Wednesday evening against the Storm of last week. So a week ago tonight um, at their practice, they did – they really didn't get into much system stuff. It was light as, as you would expect day before a game, right? Light working on two on ones, breakout, a little bit of power play, special team stuff, um, nicks and tweaks. But very, uh, Jay McKee's basically just saying go out and have fun. And the mm-hmm. Hamilton Bulldogs, if they're going to win games, they're going to have to win games by their goaltenders, making up to forty saves a night until they get into the system. Once they get into the system, in about two three weeks, they'll probably be around. Then they'll probably everyone will be into the system. Um, they'll know they'll know a head to toe type thing. 
So until then, um, even next this weekend for the Bulldogs, it's going to be a tough one for them with the three and three um, up north. But they're going to have to win games by their goaltending. And um, the goaltending is going to have to win them games. And Mateo Drobak had a very good week beating the Ottawa 67s, which was very impressive for the Bulldogs to beat the Ottawa 67s. Yeah. Um, and then also beating the Kingston Frontenacs, a team that handled Hamilton pretty well this season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Bulldogs just couldn't figure out Zhigalov up there. And uh, we finally got a result against Kingston there. Yeah. So good for Mateo. Good goaltender. Yeah, it was one of those things too, right? Where we were like, well, the Bulldogs are going to sell it all. There's two players that are still in that roster that I was very surprised in a way that never got moved. Mateo Drobak and Artem Grushnikov. Artem Grushnikov is the best defenseman on the Bulldogs roster, Decor, even before the trade deadline. Um, all around defenseman, Artem Grushnikov is one of the most underrated prospects, in my opinion, and they're loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the two, and Drobak's really made some big saves all year for them. And uh, yeah, good for him. It's only a matter of time. And player of the week goes to Colby Barlow of the Owen Sound Attack. The attack with a pretty good weekend, uh, I might say. Wins over Niagara, Erie, and Guelph. Uh, Barlow recording four goals, three assists, and seven points in those three victories. He was also plus three uh, as well. Attack beat the Ice Dogs 5-1, to one, won 6-5 in overtime over the Erie Otters, and then 6-4 to four over the Guelph Storm. So Mr. Barlow takes home that honor. Congratulations yeah, to him. Uh, second Owen Sound Attack player to take home this honor. Denny Gore, um, the other player to do so. so. Yeah. That is the goaltender and player of the week. It is time for us to take a break. When we come back, we finally get to our trade deadline recap. After a week of waiting, we hope we built up the anticipation enough throughout this first segment for this next one. But uh, it should be a fun one. This will take up the majority of the show. So make sure you stick around as that is coming up next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter because it's still working. Instagram, Facebook, for all the latest news around the Ontario Hockey League. Of course, weekly show <laughs> releases. Um, yeah, it's good. The link tree is there as well. All the articles are up on our website. Uh, Brandon Caputo, Joel Vanderlyn, and uh, the newest member of our team, good old Nick. Nick Sakellis. I'm still proud of myself for getting that right the first time. So shout out to me. Um, Yeah. yeah, They've got all your articles set for you. We're audio guys. Um, They're more written guys. So make sure you check that out. Uh, It's on our link tree um, at the OHL and 60 podcast, Twitter, because it still works, Facebook and Instagram. So the way we're going to work this trade deadline talk is so we don't get caught up and we don't ramble on for hours and hours because we easily could um so we're gonna start back on january 3rd because the last show we recorded was the second 
So we did um, the Humphrey kinda, rotation. Yeah, we looked at that Hamilton London trade. Um, so we're going to start on January 3rd, and then we're just going to read them off one by mm-hmm. one. So I'll read one, Colin will read one, and then we'll go back and look at our top five trades, and we'll break those ones down um, for mm-hmm. you all. So you're not listening to us ramble on for God knows how long. So with that, let's get her going. January 3rd, the first trade of the day, the Guelph Storm and Kitchener Rangers hook up for a very nice deal. Uh, Danny mm-hmm. Shilkin as well as an eighth-round pick in 2025 from Guelph, uh, goes to the Kitchener Rangers in exchange for Jesse Fishman, Barry's second-rounder in 2023, Hamilton's fourth-rounder in 2023, Oshawa's third in 24, Hamilton's second in 25, and then two Kitchener picks, both third-rounders in 2025 and 2026. Yeah, then that following afternoon... Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds and the Barry Colts hooked up the Reese Tyler Savard shipping up to Barry for a set Flint second 2024, a London fourth in 2024, a Saginaw third in 2025, and a Kingston third in 2026 in return to the Sioux Greyhounds. Next on the list, Sudbury Wolves and Windsor Spitfires. The Wolves send Jacob Holmes uh, down to Windsor to a very you know, a much warmer climate in Windsor. I'm sure Jacob's pretty happy about that. Um, it, can, it can still snow a lot there in Windsor. That drive, yeah. that drive from Windsor to London in the snow is one of the worst trips you can have. As many nightmare. of those vehicles involved yeah. in that pile up before Christmas found out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to the Sudbury Wolves, Oshawa's fourth in 2023, Kitchener's second in 2024. Kingston's second in 25, Windsor's sixth in 25, as well as Niagara's third in 2026. That's true. And then the big one happened at the end, middle, later afternoon, the big one happened with the Windsor Spitfires and the Oshawa Generals. Windsor was not done as they acquired Brett Harrison for an Oshawa second, Oshawa in 2023, and Oshawa second in 2024. A Barry third in 2024, a Sudbury third in 2025, a Windsor third in 2026, a Windsor fifth in 2026 to close that out on the deal. And that closed out the Windsor Fifth Fighters Day, but they were not done there. No. As we get to it. Hey, they just said, you know what? They just said bleep those picks. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you know when you see the memes all over social media? That's basically what the Windsor Fifth Fighters did this deadline. Yeah. And it, it works. Picks aren't guaranteed. A pick, I mean, a pick in 2026 is a 12-year-old. I mean, a 12-year-old could be playing like – no, they wouldn't be playing Timbits. I take that back. Yeah, Never that's mind. not Timbits. Is that Peewee? Yeah. I think it's Peewee. Oh, wait, we're not allowed to call that anymore. Um, U- U-12. U-12 or U-13, yeah. 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 Uh, all right, to January 4th, only one deal um, on this day. <laughs> Barry sends Ian Lemieux – to Kingston for a six rounder in 2026. So pretty minor, um, but a big next couple of days. That's for sure. I mean, one, one trade per day, but they are pretty, pretty decent yeah. trades for sure. Yeah, exactly. Adam said, Licky going, going to the Kitchener Rangers from the Mississauga Steelheads. Also going to Kitchener of very fourth in 2023. And I thought this was going to be a move for the Kitchener Rangers to really propel something, probably flash something out there. They definitely probably made calls. Going back to McKenzie, they probably made a call, but, I don't think that pickup moved. Sudbury and then Mississauga required a Sudbury fourth in 2023, Mississauga fifth in 2025, Mississauga fourth in 2026. 
January 6th, the Niagara Ice Dogs involved in a trade. <laughs> uh, they send Aiden Castle, as well as Rodwin Denizio, who is fresh off a World Juniors appearance with Team Switzerland. Uh, they go to Windsor for Chris O'Flaherty, Bronson Ride, Ottawa's sixth rounder in 2024, and Windsor's second rounder in 2026. All right, January now January 7th was a busy day in the Ontario Hockey League. Peterborough Pete's acquiring Avery Hayes, Gavin White for Nick Lardis, Sahil Panwar, a Flint third in 2023, and a Peterbilt six in 2026. Going back to the hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just began a very big day for <laughs> trades. Uh, next up, the Mississauga Steelheads, who I thought this was the same deal, but as I yeah. looked at it, it Ended up being two separate deals. Colin Ward will, of course, um, say the next one for you. Luca Del Bell Blues was the first move. He goes to Sarnia for Angus McDonald, a London fourth rounder in 2025, as well as a Sarnia fourth rounder in 2026. Come back to Missy. Yeah, then, I mean, a minute later, 30 seconds later, probably yeah. possible package. Um, Ethan Del Mastro going to Sarnia for Porter Martone in a Flint second round pick in 2023. I mean, Mac Donnell and Martone, two good players for uh, Mississauga to get good rebuild for them. Mm-hmm. And now here is trade number three for the Mississauga Steelheads and the biggest one um, yeah. for them on January 7th. Owen Beck heads to Peterborough for the very talented Jack Van Volsen. Uh, Justin DeZote. Um, Peterborough second in 2025, Erie second in 2025, Peterborough's third in 2025 and Peterborough's fourth in 2026. So not only does Peterborough give up two players, they give up three of their own picks and Owen Beck is absolutely worth it. Um, James Richmond said it pretty well. Um, he wouldn't bet on Owen Beck returning. So he felt this move was necessary. And I think we agree with him, Colin. Yeah, Absolutely. And then for us, the next move that hurt us in the time for being with the Hamilton Bulldogs, this was a tough move for us. Yeah. To Well, Logan Morrison to the Ottawa 67s for a Guelph second-round pick in 2023, an Ottawa fourth-round pick in 2023, an Ottawa third-round pick in 2024, an Ottawa fourth-round pick in 2024, an Ottawa second in 2026, an Ottawa third in 2026. Tough move for the Bulldogs to make, but when you mm-hmm. – when you have a fire sale, you got to do it. And they, they got a lot of picks in the deal. And that was one of the main objectives out of this, out of that move, I would say. And we'll get to that in a little bit here in about five, 10 minutes in the segment. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. Okay. January 9th, we go. Patrick Lever. And this one kind of wasn't a head scratcher, but I think both of us were thinking, oh, okay. That's an all right trade for both teams. We both kind of agree with that. Both are very. Um, we think talented goaltenders. So, um, yeah. Oshawa sends Patrick Lever as well as Windsor's fifth rounder in 2026 to the Guelph Storm for Jacob Oster. And the Bulldogs were not happy to see that because <laughs> the Guelph Storm were the next team in town after already playing Oshawa, where Patrick Lever was in the net for that. He then plays for Guelph and beats Hamilton on a Wednesday. So, yeah, they don't have to see him anymore. And I think they are very thrilled about that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, later on, January 9th, the busy day continued as we get toward that January 10th deadline. Ben Bujold 
goes from a lot of nights to the Hills and Bulldogs for a Flint third round pick in 2023 and a Hamilton fifth round pick in 2025. Yeah, and we kind of thought that may have been set up for a possible Shane Wright move, lending <laughs> hey, hey, a couple of picks. Remember that, that obviously doesn't happen. But well, I think that deal fell through. Um, there's a lot of leaks in that deal. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that. we'll talk we'll have to talk about that one eventually. Um, Again, yeah. One of the reasons why Twitter sucked. Yeah. This past week, I was just about to say that exactly. Uh, okay, next the Sarnia Sting send Chandler Romeo second straight year that he has moved at the deadline. Him as well as a Sarnia second rounder in 2026 head to Guelph in exchange for Barry's second this year as well as Hamilton's fourth this year. Yeah, following that, Julian Fantino and an Owen Sound 15th round pick in 2026 to go to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds for Landon Hookie and a Sioux 15th round pick in 2026. I think that's the most interesting trade of the deadline because why are we trading a 15th round pick for 15th round pick? That seems like just to add a pick in the deal. It's very interesting to see why teams do that. And when we talked to Matt Turek last pat couple times last week I should have asked that question to him because and I mean when I see him this weekend I gotta ask him that question there because why do we trade 15th round picks for 15th round picks that's a question I got if anyone knows why listening to the show if you're a general manager around a team let me know why reach out Mm -hmm. um because I I find that very interesting we see that every year we see a pick why can't we just trade a player for a player Mm -hmm. um Unless it's something to do where we can get a talented person outside of Canada, so in America, and um, that has heavy college recruits, maybe that you take a 15th round flyer on. Well, for sure you would then. But yeah. it's just interesting to see that. Um, every year we see that, you know, and it's just interesting to see. I'm interested to see. I'm going to, I might follow this trade because. I think it'd be hilarious. Owen Sound and Sault Ste. Marie pick back to back in the 2026 yeah. OHL priority. Selection. Yeah, well, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna write. I'm gonna put in my schedule right now the 2026 draft reminder. So <laughs> on a Saturday, right now. So the draft is not announced, but end of April. I'll put it for a week. I'm gonna right. go from. I'm gonna go from the 20 around the 21st, 22nd. I'm drawing a blank here. Maybe the week before. 14th, 15th round there. End of the first round. Beginning of the second round usually mm-hmm. takes place. Because you always see the players at the second round in the second round series. Yeah. Um so from the 14th in 2026, like the tw- to like May 13th, I have a notification every day on my calendar right now, all day long. All about right. uh, about the draft. 2026. Sue St. Marie, Owen Sound Attack, 15th round back. That's what it says in my calendar. So, we got it. Sweet. Uh, Second last trade on January 9th, and not even close to being the biggest one. Uh, London sends Nicholas Yearwood to Sudbury in exchange for a 10th round pick in 2026. And, well, January 9th, here's the big one. I might have to take a water break between it. But I guess the next two, because the next day you got one as well. Yeah. the big fish, I guess, on the block if he came back. Well, he came back. Shane Wright and the Kingston 14th round pick in 2025 go to Windsor for Ethan Miedema, Gavin McCarthy, an Ottawa second round pick in 2023, 
a Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds pick and third round pick in 2023, a Niagara fourth round pick in 2024, a Niagara sixth round pick in 2024, a Niagara fourth round pick in 2025, a Hamilton fifth round pick in 2024, and an Erie sixth round pick in 2025, going to the Kingston Frontenacs. Very, uh, the big fish. Yes, yes. That will be one of our top five, that is for sure. Oh, absolutely. And that's th- going to be a talking break for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure this one will be as well. Absolutely. Saginaw to start trade deadline day. Pavel Minchikov heads to Ottawa for a Kingston third rounder in 2024, Sue's third rounder in 2024, an Ottawa second in 25, a Sue second in 25, an Ottawa third in 25, a Windsor third in 2025, an Ottawa fourth in 2025. Owen sounds second in 2026, as well as Ottawa's fourth in 2026. Yeah, big trade. And then following up, well, the, that's when really when the trade started to get going, when the Mitnikoff deal dropped. Yeah. It was kind of interesting, right? Because we heard the rumbles about the Mitnikoff trade on the ninth, and then the 10th, it seemed like it was such a slow deadline because you had so much buildup, but it's not the case. Brendan Anderson to the Sarnia Sting for a six-round pick in 2026 going back to Hamilton, and that really started mm-hmm. the busy January 10th that it was. Absolutely. Uh, Braden Hache is the next dra- or the next trade. I don't know why I said draft pick there. Uh, he goes to the Barry Colts in a Marty Williamson-type deal, that is for sure. Yeah. North Bay's 20th, North Bay's second Round pick in 2024. Mississauga's fifth round pick in 2024. Barry's fourth in 25. Barry's fifth in 24. And Saginaw's second in 2026, all going back to Kingston. Yeah, the Niagara Ice Dogs, they made another trade. Ha, ha, ha. Nolan Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we got a clip What was now. that laugh? Come on, Wordy. What was that? <laughs> Oh my god! It's my sarcastic, it's my sarcastic laugh because you didn't think they're going to make a trade on trade deadline, trade deadline day. Oh my god, talk hog! But um, yeah, you knew they were going to make a move. Nolan Dan did a Flint Firebird for a Peterborough third round pick in twenty twenty three, a Guelph second round pick in twenty twenty four, a Flint fourth round pick in twenty twenty four, a Flint fourth round pick in twenty twenty five, a Flint third round pick in twenty twenty six, and a Flint fourth round pick in twenty twenty six, going back to Niagara. You knew they were going to make a trade. You That's did. why I had my sarcastic laughter. Yeah. Well, and they followed it up with the next trade of the day. And trust us, this is the last one they made. This is the last one they can make until the season is over. So they send Windsor's second rounder in 2026, as well as Sue's third rounder in 2026, to Sudbury in exchange for Alex Asadorian. That's a last name for you. Shout out to that last name. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, then the Peterborough Peets send James Go in the Peterborough sixth round pick in 2023 to the Saginaw Spirit for Can Gubro, a Saginaw fourth round pick in 2023, and a Windsor third round pick in 2025. Next, the Peterborough Peets send Stevie Lescovar to the Mississauga Steelheads in exchange for Mississauga's fifth in 2023 and Mississauga's tenth in 2025 and then Colin Ward gets the best name that was traded by yes far. I do 
not even close. I, I like jealous, to be honest. Hey, but... You know what? You know what? I like Lescovar. It reminds me of a shortstop. Yeah, it does. Short... Yeah. Stevie Lescovar. Ground ball gets hit to the shortstop. Stevie Lescovar. Nice Over one. to field it, throw on to first base, and the side yeah. is retired. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, the Hamilton Bulldogs acquire Cedrickson Okintundu. What a name. Cedrickson Okintundu from the Guelph Storm. And shout out to Aaron Walsh. Made that name sound sick. Yeah. PA announcer for the Hamilton Bulldogs. If you haven't been down to Hamilton to a game, get down there. Aaron yeah. really has a very good pregame, electric pregame in Hamilton. Yeah. Um, Going, going to Guelph as a Hamilton seventh rounder in 2024. Very good move for the Hamilton Bulldogs there. Mm-hmm. Acquiring an 04 for a seventh. Kind of surprised. Still yeah. Tundu was playing pretty good down the stretch for Guelph prior to the deadline. Uh, Guelph also moves another body. Chase Coglin uh, goes to Sudbury for a Sudbury fifth in 2024. And then a couple of more picks before we yeah, round two it more. Yeah, or A couple of more trades. I called them picks again. Good one, Reese. Oh, good. It's been tough. Um, a lot of picks. Used to it, as I just said. Yeah. 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 Ethan Quick to the Barry Colts from the Ottawa 67s for a Barry seventh rounder in 2024. And then to round out the deadline. From Kingston, Jackson Stewart and Isaiah Luddington, as well as London's third round pick in 2024. Go to Owen Sound for Cal Ewans and Owen Sound's 10th rounder in 2026. Colin Ward, what did you just throw? That was a little weird. I had a little uh, rally towel on my foot, so I put it up here on my chair. Oh, I got you. All right. Threw it up top. Um, All right. Um, Top five trades, Colin. And I don't know if we're just going to look around the time of the trade deadline. If you want to go back to like, Okay. Know, maybe January first. It does. I don't know how you want to do this. Yeah. What do you think the best way would be? I mean, well, Kitchener made a good trade. I'll give a shout out to Kitchener because Kitchener made a good one December thirteenth for Leighton Moore. Sarnia Christian yep. Kyrie yep. December fourteenth. Francesco Arturi on December fifteenth. Those are big deals. Um, shout out to the Kitchener Rangers. You're going to hear a lot of stuff about the Kitchener Rangers, right? They never made a move at the deadline, but they made moves. Yeah. Um, prior to the deadline, and their works turned it early, and they wanted to get to the getting on the action before they you had limited options. And we've heard a yeah. good story. We heard a very good story from someone around the team in the Ontario Hockey League about a trade. Right, uh, you have limited options, right? Team, when you when you're sitting in on the on these trades, and you were there for the story too. When you're sitting in on these trades, right, you only have limited options. When you talk to a player, some teams give the player the option, so. Maybe a deal around the league, it was maybe their fifth or sixth best option on the deal. Mm-hmm. But that's where the player wanted to go. So you had to please that. And um, that's just a respect thing around the league. So there's some deals around the OHL that happened. Like, that's happened this year. And there's a lot of teams where they wanted to make their moves. That The teams that were selling wanted to make those moves before Shane Wright came back. Because then all of a sudden, you look at some teams around the league, I mean, for instance, you look at Ottawa, Mintikoff, Morrison. Look when those deals happened. For, look when the Morrison deal happened, right? Mm-hmm. Happened on January 7th. You want to get that deal done. If you're the general manager of the Hamilton Bulldogs, you want to get that deal done before Shane Wright comes back. Because if Shane Wright comes back, let's say the Ottawa 67s with those picks, 
I mean, a, a sec, two seconds, two thirds, two fourths. That deal, you know, yeah. Ottawa never gave up a young player in the deadline, by the way, and that was a very, that's a very impressive deadline for them. But those picks could have easily went to the Kingston products for Shane Wright, yeah. plus a younger player. That's why the teams that were selling wanted to make those moves before that move happened. That's why you saw the Logan Morrison deal happen on January 7th instead of January 9th or January 10th when Shane Wright came back. So that's why that deal happened so quick because you wanted to make those moves and have more options and get more return. Because when you're at the bargain table, right, I got the filet mignon, you know, you want to make that, you want it. But Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know what, I don't like that filet mignon like a hockey puck. I want it medium well. So that's how you make the moves, right? And uh, that's what the bargain's like. Um, you talk down the players, kind of, you know. And it's I, that's what I think's funny, right? When you hear about the buying teams, when you see like, so you're coming after, you're going after a player in the league, you know, a really good hockey player, and you're saying, I want this, right? And I want it, but you're kind of talking them down to lower the price, right? Mm-hmm. To lower the price of the player, and uh, it's kind of interesting to hear some of the stories around the league. So um, that was pretty neat to hear uh, some deadline talk stuff uh, behind the scenes that we can share and not overshare yeah. some of those stories. Yeah, and by the way, for anyone out there that gets their uh, filet mignon medium well, stop eating steak because you're doing it wrong. So <laughs> no, I was, I was just <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm straight. not chirping you, Morty. I'm just saying, anyone out there, just to make sure uh, you better not be having your filet mignon medium well because that yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We might as well start at the top, Colin. Um, in, a, in our top five trades at the deadline, we might as well yep. start at the top. So yeah. we're going to look at the Shane Wright deal first. Again, to re- to say it again, he and a 14th rounder from Kingston in 2025 go to Windsor for Ethan Miedema, Gavin McCarthy, and seven picks. Yeah. Rumors were around it was going to be London. It oh, sounded yeah. like those couldn't be falser. So yeah, yeah, he heads zero to sense. Windsor. Mark Savard being his head coach. Whether or not Shane Wright picked Windsor as his destination, or the Seattle Kraken picked a destination for him, we will never know. Unless you know, maybe twenty years from now, we meet someone who was part of this decision and we ask them, and they tell us. But yeah. as of this moment, right now, we have no idea who made this decision. You would think it would be Shane Wright. That would kind of say, here's where I want to go. This is my favorite choice, but if you can't work out a deal, I'd go here as well. well. It's probably the situation. Seattle. Yeah, as well as the Seattle Kraken. We clearly could tell that either he or the Kraken did not want him in Kingston. That was made, made very clear, actually very early on, not even close to when this trade was made. Um, you could tell yeah. that right away. So Back in October. We yeah, so, so this trade out. goes down, Colin. You knew a guy like Miedema was going to go, and I think it was set in stone that he was going to be one of those players moved um, along with Gavin McCarthy. But uh, you you see this move tweeted out by Windsor, tweeted out by Kingston. What what do you think of the trade? How well does Shane Wright fit into the Windsor Spitfires? Obviously a fourth overall pick in the NHL. He's going to fit into a lot of different teams. Yeah. But – in terms of the Spitfires, they're going for back-to-back OHL finals appearances. And whether or not they just booked their ticket with this move, I think a lot of people are saying they are. Mm-hmm. Or they yeah. have booked their ticket. But from someone who's not around the Spits, someone who 
you know, watches and covers the league. Your thoughts on the trade and you know, kind of how elite this Windsor team now is. Man, you know what? Like, I don't know about you, but I feel I love this Windsor team up front. I mean, they're top – you look at their top six. You have Alex Christopoulos, Jacob Millett, Oliver Peer on the second line. You have Matt Maggio, Shane Wright, Brett Harrison as your top line. Um, You look at their back end. Their back end, I like the Holmes pickup from Sudbury. I think that's a very good defenseman to get, good veteran defenseman. Um, two good goaltenders in there um, yep. with Anushka and Joey Costanzo. And Costanzo's been red hot. Yeah, look at the run he's on right now. Yeah. And also Abraham, Anushka, and Smith, all, and Colton Smith all being out of that lineup. I mean, Abraham, we saw him last year in Hamilton in that finals race, and he's a force. Him and Oliver Pierre were very good together. Um, this Windsor team's very good. I think this is. I think they're the best team in the Western Conference right now, and I don't really think it's close, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at London. I think London. I think that the London Knights there, they need Winterton to get going. I mean, I I will say this for their all year. Ryan Humphrey is going to be probably the most um, underrated pickup at the deadline for the London Knights. Um, I really like that pickup, getting Ryan Humphrey there. A uh, very good hockey player. Very part. He's a very big part if you want to win. You, you need that piece like Ryan Humphrey um, mm-hmm. put you over the top. And uh, I like that pickup, but Windsor, you know, you add Shane Wright, it really – it really makes you a deep team. You know, you get that first line center, all of a sudden you get Colton Smith back, you get Abraham back, you know, you got a team, you have a lot of depth there. You have a very good, you have nine guys in your top 10 who are very, who are skilled guys. You can put the puck in the back on that. Yeah. And when you want to win an OHL championship, you got to score. You have to score a lot of goals. I mean, I think this team's going to score. I think they can defend. I think they got a good goal. I think they have very good goal. Thing. I mean, Costanzo goes into London and wins in that game on Sunday. And he's a backup goalie. I mean, he's a top goaltender taken in his draft year, but he's their backup goalie. And that just shows how good this team is, how deep they are. And I mean, it's a scary sight if you're a London Knight fan, a Saginaw Spirit fan. It is a scary sight to face the Windsor Spitfires. I don't think a team can beat them in a seven game series. They're too deep. Yeah. The depth of this team, it's tough to beat in a seven-game series. Maybe one game, but seven games is tough. Tell that to Leaf fans. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, and, I mean, we have one weekend of Shane Wright with the Windsor Spitfires already in the books. Um, the Spits, 177 goals scored. That is yeah. most in the Ontario Hockey League. I mean, just two ahead of North Bay, and North Bay's goal differential is Hamilton last a lot year. better than Windsor. Yeah, it, exactly, but... Oh, Windsor, they're they've won four in a row. They are eight and two in their last ten. That is the um, best in the Western Conference in their last ten games. Um, if you and yeah. it's it, this is just the beginning, right? Yeah. You, this is the McTavish deal for Hamilton all over again. Oh, absolutely, and it puts them over the hump. And I think the Holmes deal is kind of like the Jack ideal mm-hmm. that we saw Hamilton make last year. I really like Holmes's game. Jacob Holmes is a good defenseman. He's steady. Um, and that's what you need if you want to win. Um, last year, when you look at the two top, the two teams that met in the finals, 305 goals the Windsor Spitfires had, 300 goals the Hamilton Bulldogs had. Only two teams that have 300 goals in the Ontario Hockey League last year met in the finals. Windsor Spitfires are on pace to do that again this year. Um, when It's usually a telling sign when you see the goals for. Usually that team will be the team that 
yeah. you see in the Ontario Hockey League finals. And I think the Windsor Spitfires are probably the favorite in the Western Conference after the deadline. Yeah, and and even even the trade, uh, just to kind of put a wraps on the spits uh, with the Shane Wright deal and the depth, I, I that Aiden Castle Rodwin Denizio trade, um, I think is again yeah. another move that had no to be made. Either. Yeah, you you sure up your back end with Denizio, who has World Junior experience. Um, Aiden Castle, still a very Third good, line. young, talented player, right? It just Niagara being a tough situation for him. Um, you know, new yeah. start here. Very, very good head coach. So mm-hmm. um, that that trade works out uh, as well, just to throw it all in together with Wright. So I, I'm in agreement with you. It is Windsor's conference to lose. Absolutely. 100%. Um, big move number two, I think, is a pretty obvious one. Pavel Minchikov goes from Saginaw to Ottawa for a crap ton of picks. Nine, to be exact. You thought Saginaw might do this because of the odds that he comes back, kind of like the Owen Beck situation where eh, you're probably not going to put money down that he returns to the Ontario Hockey League. So Saginaw makes the move. They have all of those picks. Insert big name here in one year's time. And I guarantee Mm -hmm. you, you'll see at least half of those picks gone to whatever team, um, you know, that big star is on for, for next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mintikov's on pace for 97 points in 69 games this year. Um, what, like, that's going to be, like, just an incredible defenseman. I mean, I walked Friday when the Bulldogs were there, being covering the Bulldogs and stuff, so you get to see all these guys. Um, Mintikov, he runs over on their power play, which I think is very dangerous. They have so much depth on the back end as well. And Mintikov's going to excel there in the Cameron system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm really excited for that one. Um, he has two points in three games this year. So in with Ottawa since the move, but too early to tell um, points wise. I mean, you gotta get settled in yet, but yeah. 54 games in 37 or 54 points in 37 games. That is for the Saginaw spirit prior to the trade. So what a player. He's probably not going to be back next year. As you mentioned, he's no three euro first round pick top 10 pick in the NHL draft. I doubt he comes mm-hmm. back. Uh, good move for Saginaw. You're all in on hosting the Mem Cup. Look for them to make a lot of moves in the summer for O fours. Once that move comes out, and it could be one of those situations there where we look at Saginaw and it's like, okay, well, if we don't get the Mem Cup, let's get let's play there. Let's play it. Yep. Let's play our way there. I agree. And they're in a very good they're in a very good position to do that if they want to. <laughs> if the Memorial Cup does not come that way. Yeah. Sorry, I got my dry cough coming up. No, no, Here's that's all right. Cough. No worries. Yeah, the Ottawa 67s, you know, minus that slip up to Hamilton on Friday, uh, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. That is the uh, actually the third hottest record, third hottest team, or fourth hottest team, I should say, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. You know, the North Bay Battalion, Barry Colts, Peterborough Peets, one had one heck of a last 10 games, but Ottawa's still up there. They put themselves in this position with the yeah. amount of early success that they had, right? If we're talking total Absolutely. losses... They are still under 10. They have nine total losses. Seven of those are in regulation. Of course, one in overtime, one in a shootout. Um, But 30 wins in 39 games, 62 points. They've still given up less than 100 goals on the season. They've only given up 94 goals, which 
is obviously the only team uh, to do so, give up less than uh, 100 goals. I'm trying to look at who the next closest is. There are about three teams that are the next closest, and they are 20 below them. The North Bay Battalion, Peterborough Peets, and London Knights have each given up 114 goals. That is the next closest. So, you know, Ottawa is going to have, you know, the the best defensive stats in terms of goals against come the end of the year, you know, unless they lose a bunch of games by six. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, th- this Minchikov deal, I mean, you knew when Shane Wright was off to Windsor that those picks had to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, they didn't have to, but you knew that they probably were. It would. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, the Ottawa 67s, they're still in a position to be successful next year. They still have a shot at being pretty good in a couple of years because of the amount oh, of really talent they did not give up, like you had mentioned earlier, Colin. Um, and I think this just – this may, maybe not the favorites because I still like North Bay a lot in the Eastern Conference. And, of course, Peterborough uh, with all of the moves they made. Yeah. But this obviously keeps Ottawa – you know, around those teams, it keeps them in that same competitive group. Uh, that is the top three, top four in that Eastern Conference with Ottawa, North Bay, Barrie, and Peterborough. Um, yeah, all, all in all, good mm-hmm. move. It works out for Saginaw, works Very out for good. Ottawa, especially if they win. Um, and that's really what you're looking to do, right? And Saginaw is, honestly, they're looking to win next year or else yeah. Michikov wouldn't have been gone. So Yeah, it's more of a ride it out this year, right? Yep. Development year. Use that playoff experience and excel off of it for your youth. Um, that's what Saginaw looks like they're doing to me, and it's the right move. Um, on Ottawa's side, when you look at the Ottawa 67s and you look at the guys they got, it actually probably worked out that the right if, – if that was either going to happen, Shane Wright to mm-hmm. Ottawa. But if it wasn't going to happen, I feel like it worked out for them getting Mintikoff and Morrison because if you make the right deal, you probably only make one move. With the amount of picks, the amount of assets going to to would be the Kingston Frontenacs if they made that move. So it, it worked out better, in my opinion, not having to give up a young player because there's a reason why these teams continue to be good. And them, London, they never have rebuilds because they don't give up their young talent. They don't give up their young assets. And that's why Ottawa is always in that, always a competitive team. London Knights are always a competitive team because they don't give up those young talents. Um, they don't give up their assets, yeah. and they develop. And that's why you see those teams excel. And that's why it really bugs me when people that never cover the Ontario Hockey League are tweeting about trades because why the heck would the London Knights trade Oliver Bach? I constantly rave on the show how good he is, and he's one of my favorite defensemen in the draft. Why would a team in the top in the top two in their conference, a division leading team, trade their top draft eligible player at the deadline? It doesn't matter who it is. Why would they do that? Yeah. So there's a reason why. And also another fact about why I don't like when people from other leagues, from higher up leagues, try to cover the OHL trade deadline is, and I mean I'm all for the coverage. I love the coverage of the league. We need coverage of the league, but. What are we doing? Like, why would why would they trade Oliver Bond? Why would they? Like, he was in the lineup. The lineups come out two hours before the game. I mean, we couldn't look at that. Like, if they were going to make a trade for Shane Wright, why the heck 
would a player be in the lineup? Why wouldn't we look at the scratch list? Wouldn't that be the first thing you look at when you put out a tweet? But I guess not. But that's part of my rant about Twitter this week, though. Yeah. Research. Well, I mean, looks yeah. bad when you don't. Especially when you have a key indication about the Bulldogs making a huge move and the amount of players that weren't in their lineup when they were in London um, on the Friday before. So, yes, yeah, I, exactly. I, I, to- I totally agree with you. Um, all right, that is big move number two. Number three... So I oh we'll go Owen Beck because that is for sure a top yeah. five trade. Um, by the way, our yeah, top fifteen James, players got yep. traded at the deadline. So we had a we had a very good deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. James James Richmond's hands were tied, same as Minchikov. Uh, good chance Beck does not come back to the Ontario Hockey League. Peterborough had, of course, a need for scoring. It's Colin Ward is dying, coughing in the yeah. background. Um, wow. Don't mind me. No, that's all right. Um, couple of players, four picks later, the Peterborough Peets get Owen Beck to go along with Avery Hayes and Gavin White, who they traded for earlier in the day. Yeah, good move. Um, very good day for the Peterborough Peets. I think the Peterborough Peets is the second best team they should concentrate on after that deadline. I don't know about you, but I think I would take Peterborough over Barry right now. I, I'm in I'm in agreement with that because I think Simpson's I really like a step up in Golden Thornton. Yeah, that's I part of it. it. Yeah, I think and I I like your defense. I mean, Brant Clark's a stud back there. I mean, no knock on Barry, but I just think Peterborough's a veteran team. They're built to win. If they don't win, they're not. Honestly, they might not be competitive for two almost three seasons after this year. And if they don't win, that's going to be a very tough pill to swallow for your fan base. Um, Especially if they don't even get out of the second round. Yeah, you got to get out of the second round for sure. I mean, that final four of the Eastern Conference is going to be tough this year when you see Ottawa, North Bay, Barry, and Peterborough, probably the favorites, top four. I think there's a little bit of a stretch. I think there's a big gap there. And then when you look at the West, I see Windsor, and then you see London, and then you see a drop. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's with interesting. You. Uh, so that is big trade number three. Uh, number four. You know, honestly, I think that Avery Hayes, Gavin White, Nick Lardis, yeah. the Anwar deal is a big trade. Oh, so, we'll, big. So, so we'll talk about that now. Of course, Hayes and White going to Peterborough, Lardis and Panwar already making huge impacts. Yeah, the Panwar's been great. Um, they also get a Flint third in 2023, as well as a Peterborough six in 2026. That is a conditional pick. Um, but yeah, again, Peterborough needs help on the back end. They need scoring. Avery Hayes near the top in the league all season long in goals. He's again, he's still my pick to win the scoring title. Um, Nick Lardis is that young player, young draft eligible player that the Bulldogs needed. Like I said, he's made captain. an impact. Yeah, Sahil Panwar is your only OA. And he has been acting like an OA. You've heard it from a couple of guys. We heard it from Nick Lardis on the Hammertown podcast last week about you know the leadership that Panwar has and you know how important it was for them to come as a group together and you know that leadership that the Bulldogs are you know kind of lacking now with all of those older guys being moved away. So yeah, you know, Panwar slides into that first line center position. Uh, Nick Lardis joins him on the wing. And the future is set with Lardis. It's set with those picks. So he Panwar is in a great situation to finish out his OHL career. Um, 
and like I said, Peterborough get gets what they wanted. Um, yeah, this is essentially probably what Michael Oak and Matt Turk were talking about the Tuesday before this trade happened. As yeah. of course we're at first Ontario Center uh, against the Bulldogs. Yeah, hours before or days before, I guess. Um, yeah, Peterborough. Peterborough's just eat. I really like Peterborough in the series. I think they're a very tough team to beat. I really like their goaltending. Um, their defense is good. Spearing, White, McCoy, Smith, Govro. Um, you know, that's a solid top five. That's good enough to win. That's near the top yeah. in the league defensive for defensive groups, in my opinion. Um, you look at their team. You look at their uh, – I mean, you got Chase Stillman Monday evening as they play the Kingston Frontenac. You have Chase Stillman on the third line. A first round pick of the National Hockey League. You're yeah. probably you're gonna have success. And um you look at their top you look at their top six, right? Robertson, Lockhart, Avon on the second line. All stars in this league, all very good players. Um we know what they're capable of doing. That top line, Offman, Beck, Hayes. That's pretty good, eh? I think honestly, I think they're the favorites to win. In my opinion, I think the Peterborough beats. Are the favorites right now to win the Eastern Conference? I if I were that. to pick, if I were to pick, and we can, I guess we can do that in a couple of minutes. We'll come back to that after. Yeah, we, that's fine. The after that, after trade. our fifth trade, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. After our trade, then we'll then we'll go through it. Um, who we think the favorite is in each conference and how it plays out. Make your predictions then. But um, it's a very it's a very tough not to pick Peterborough in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. All right, uh, the fifth trade. Uh, I think, you know, I wanted to hit on Sarnia because because of the Del Mastro and Del Bell Belouz moves. Yep. Um, so, you know, Logan Morrison, I think we've already kind of talked about yeah, how important of a trade that is for Ottawa, and we've spent a lot of time on the 67s. And the Sarnia's thing have made it very clear that they are all in right from the start. Um, of course, getting Del Bell Belouz and Del Mastro for – you know, they were two different trades, but they give up a couple of players as well as three picks. Um, and, you know, Sarnia is that team where you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. You're thinking a move's got to come eventually. They, they've they said they're all in. They made that trade earlier on in the year with the Guelph Storm, um, you know, getting Sasha Passajov. We finally see the moves um, that I'm sure they were hoping to make and, and got done in getting Del Mastro right off a of gold medal. Uh, with Team Canada, Luca Del Belbelu's getting drafted this past year. These are two high impact players. Where, you know, I don't think Sarnia's in the group with London and Windsor in terms of top tier talent. Sarnia yeah. is in that second group that will be fighting and fighting for a shot in yeah. the conference finals against either Windsor or London. I think I think you could put them as a lock in round number two. It's getting past round two and. You know, you're more than likely going to face a London and Windsor uh, in that second round. Yeah, I mean, the goaltending is going to have to be big for the starting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to need good goaltending. I think this team's good. I like Kyrie Delmaster, their top 2D. Um, I really like those pickups. Those are very – those were needed. Um, it was announced since training camp that the starting thing were going to go all in. They are going to be out of the team this year. Yeah. Um, they're showing that. I really I, – it's going to be interesting. Um Della Blues passes off. Um, Lampard Lance is pretty good. Voight, Burke. Um, they have talent up front. And that's your top five. 
Uh, very very skilled team up front there. Those guys are all very capable of scoring and winning hockey games for you. But I don't know. I don't know how they match up against the London Knights and the Winter Spitfires. I really don't know how. So that's going to be the interesting question there. Um, but then again, last year in that first round, Gojo gave the Winter Spitfires a very tough out. Yeah. That was very tough. Um, I honestly thought we were going. I thought the starting thing could have got the upset there. I really did. Um, for a team that really didn't have business playing against the Winter Spitfires in the series, they hung out, they hung around, mm-hmm. and um, Gojo kept a minute. And I think that if he can like that down the stretch here and like that in the playoffs, which I expect them to, um, they're going to be a very tough out. Yeah. Very tough out. But you look at the top five teams in the league, of course you compare it to the Spitfires with Onishka and Nett, although Costanzo is being a very capable backup right now. Uh, London Knights, Brett Brochu, um, of course, being the number one there. Then I think uh, Ben Godro is the next best goalie in that conference. I think – I think Him and, Pat, him and Patrick Lever, Marco Costantini. I think we got to see some results. We Those yeah. teams got to climb into it. Yeah, I, agree, sk- I agree skill-wise. Constantini and uh, and uh, Patrick Lever. Lever are very good goaltenders. Yeah. But I think their teams have to be stronger around them, um, whereas the Sarnia Sting, I think they made themselves stronger around Godro. And he, yeah. he, I put him That's in the group with Onishka and Brochu. It's the rest of the team Absolutely. that has to be good around them. So. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Also, Owen Sound needs to get their goaltending better as well. Um that's not a team in the West where I expected them to have the goaltending at the start of the year. It really hasn't lived up to that mm-hmm. um, in Owen Sound as well. I mean, Andrew Oak and Saginaw can really win them some games, I think. I think Oak's going to have a coming out party in the playoffs. And Saginaw. Yeah. Well, Cranley, wait for, wait for him next year. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be really good. Yeah. Um, then Will Cranley and Flint. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd go go drill with that for sure. And then Costantini, Lever. They're right there. Costantini being a championship goaltender, I put him. I would put him mm-hmm. in in that category. Um, saw what he was capable of doing last season, being around the pole dogs. He saw what he can do. I'd put him in the top four as well, Costantini. For Lever, it's one of those things you see what Lever can do. Um, we saw it firsthand all year this year yeah. with the Bulldogs. But it's one of those things if he can really. I think that's why Guelph made the move. It really wasn't a big move for the Guelph Storm. They didn't give up a lot mm-hmm. value asset wise. So. It's a good move for the Guelph Storm to take that flyer on leaving. They're probably going to back next year. So, good move for Guelph. I think it allows Guelph to make the playoffs. I think that's the move that they were making, yeah. just to make the playoffs. And I think that gets them in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where are we at now, Colin? I guess winners in the West. Um, yeah. I guess we'll start there. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, Windsor Spitfires are that, yeah. um, you know, that big winner in the Western conference, getting Shane right. And then making all those depth moves that we talked about. Um, so I think that's pretty obvious. And so I don't think this is as, as up for debate as much as the Eastern conferences. So I think we're going to spend the most time on the Eastern conference here. Colin. Yeah. Um, it, it really is. We've got four very strong teams in the Eastern conference. The Ottawa yeah. 67s, North Bay battalion, who were actually one of the quieter teams at the deadline. Um, you know, the Barry Colts, who, again, made some moves, but they weren't loud, um, unlike yeah. Ottawa and Peterborough. So we kind of already said that Peterborough is 
are favorite in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah. They, they do have a lot of ground to make up, of course, 47 points. Mm-hmm. Ottawa has 62, whether yeah, or not they're chasing they down. Them. Yeah, that's the thing, right? And I think we said this a couple of weeks ago. You know, if you're not Ottawa, the rest of the teams, and even North Bay with Barry being nine points behind North Bay, yeah, you know, the rest of the teams are chasing down that third, second spot at a stretch, but really they're playing for third place and home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, 100% um, get that home ice. And I think there's a big drop between the top four from four to five in the East. Um, four to five in the East, this is the biggest drop we've seen in a long time, I think, in play. I mean, the first round, unless a team doesn't play good in a game, I don't see any series as of now and as of today. Obviously, I don't like talking about the playoffs, and we got a few months to go until the playoffs. Yeah. But when you look at these series, I mean, I don't see many series going over five games in the first round of the Eastern Conference with the way it's built. There's going to be a complete shift next year when you look at it. Ottawa's still going to be the top team, I think, next year as well with the goaltenders they have coming back in the roster they have coming back really not giving up any prospects from this year's team they're still gonna be really good mm-hmm. um but i look at their i look at the ro- other rosters you're gonna have to see some rebuilds you're gonna see some switches but yeah i say peterborough's the top team though not points wise but i would say Pe- the peterborough peach are the best team in the eastern conference in my opinion um in a series i like their goaltending i think they learned a lot last year from that series with the hills and bulldogs yeah. um they bring over guys that have won um, guys that have won at every level. I mean, Brendan Offman's won. Um, Owen Beck's won. I mean, Owen Beck's an NHL player. Owen Beck will play for the Montreal Canadiens next year, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, this team, I mean, Avery Hayes last year, right, being the top scorer, you know, probably win the scoring title this year, in Reese's opinion. Yeah. And good chance that happens. And a good Absolutely. chance that happens. And um, I really like their roster. I mean, Gavin White. Gavin White in the playoffs, you're going to see the Nathan Steos effect from last year for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Yeah. You are going to see Gavin White play massive minutes for the Peterborough Peets. You're going to see him have massive production. And you're going to see guys like Donovan McCoy step up. You're going to see those young guys in Peterborough that they have in their draft years this year mm-hmm. play really big minutes for them and be very effective. And I'm very excited to see this Peterborough Peets roster in the playoffs and as we approach that as well here in the second half. I really like Peterborough. I really like your team. I think they they got a lot of good veterans. Teams with the veterans win a series. You look at the second round, right? If it goes with no upsets, that's of today, Ottawa, Peterborough in that second round. But the veterans Peterborough has, they know how to win. I mean, obviously, Ottawa has those guys, but Minty Cuff didn't play in the playoffs last year. Logan Morrison did. He won MVP. That's a big one. Yeah. But when you look at that playoff experience, I look at the Peterborough Peets, and I think – and the favorites in that series, to be honest, they just win one game, right? You get home ice. If you just win one of the first two in Ottawa, you get home ice. And that's one of those things where I see the Peterborough Peets being the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Avery Hayes going on to win an OHL championship. Um, you know, Brennan Othman making it to a game seven of a Western Conference final. Yeah. So just just right there. Shot I mean, away. I mean, Owen Beck was on a talented Mississauga team last year. They just ran into a juggernaut in the Hamilton Bulldogs. So yeah. Um, but but yeah. Too, right? Yeah. I, I'm in agreement with you. I think the first round is actually gonna go by pretty smoothly. And I mean, there were two sweeps last year in the entire playoffs. Of course, both were in both were in the Eastern Conference, uh, with Hamilton sweeping Peterborough, North Bay sweeping Ottawa. Um, you know, I think that number 
jumps to probably yeah. at least four in the in the entire league, not just in one conference, of course. Um, that four five matchup can sometimes be a toss up, right? Um, you know, the Kitchener Rangers upset the Knights in seven last year. It uh, was an upset though. The fire. I mean, in your opinion, no, but I still yeah. think it is. Okay, um, yeah, I just didn't think London was a very good two seed. I thought London was like a fifth seed in that series. What the yeah, injuries well, of Joe Yeah, and I think I'm in agreement with you. I just, yeah, it's 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 tough, right? Because London's the juggernaut yeah, they usually are in the OHL. Um, but yeah, I do see your point, and I agreed with you last year. They they did not look like a two seed. Um, so there was that. I mean, game seven between Flint and Owen Sound, that was a very entertaining <laughs> series um, in round yeah. one with Flint coming out on top. So um, I do think it will be more one-sided this year. Um, I think London and Windsor sweep in the first round automatically. I think that's a given. Um, you know, and then the other series, I think they does have a chance to go five or six, but it's tough to see a couple of game sevens this year, Colin. So I, I'm in agreement with you there. The top teams, it is – a little bit, especially in the Eastern Conference, that huge drop. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. Like, you don't like seeing it. Absolutely. I don't think any OHL fans like seeing it. But that is the reality of the league. And it's just something that happens, right? So, Yeah, 100%. 100% agree. Yeah. All right. That concludes our trade deadline talk. Just about five and a half minutes shy of a one hour segment. So that's all right. Um, but we will take a break now when we come back, just a quick segment to round out the show, uh, power rankings for the, as, as Siri thinks I'm talking to her. That's a little weird, but, uh, yeah, we will, we will take a break, come back with the power rankings here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment before we round out the show. Uh, the power rankings for this week. Colin Ward's have changed. Yeah, they have. And it's changed kind of dramatically. I mean, it doesn't really... It's kind of accurate with the current standings on, as of Monday at 8.33 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, Eastern time. But Saginaw Spirit fall out of my top ten. Um, I think the very top cold 10 or my top five, I guess. No, top five. Oh, okay. never mind. I had two different lists up here. Never mind. Top oh, five. That's all right. They'd be six. They'd be six and seventh with Peter Brillo and sound. But yeah. um, my, my fifth ranked team right now is a lot of nights. Uh, I have one in the five spot. Hmm. Okay. Um, my five team is the Peterborough Peets. And that is solely nice. based on the fact like they are that. nine and one in their last 10. I like that. You know, we're going. We are going as not in the standings. Um, we're doing it because we cover the league and who we think our top five team are. And I really like that pick, Reese. Yeah, and you know they're just gonna they're gonna climb. next week. They'll be on mine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, I love that pick. Number four, Colin. Yeah, number four for me is the Barry Colts. Eight, one, and one in their last ten. Um, they've won four games in a row. Barry Colts. They climb in for the first time this year in my top five. 
It's hard to believe because they've been the, one of the most consistent teams other than the Ottawa North Bays mm-hmm. and the Windsors. They've been the most consistent, you could say. And uh, the very Colts, 8-1-1 and one and one in their last 10. They've won four games in a row. They are my fourth best team in the Ontario Hockey League right now. All right. Um, you're going to be surprised um, who is not in my top five, Colin. Well, am I? Um, I think I think you are, and I think they 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 just miss, and this is solely based on stretches, right? Because the OHL is week to week. You could be in first, yep. you know, if it's closer than what Ottawa is right now, um, you could go from first to fourth, and I think that's what the Eastern Conference could be, um, yeah. Come March, so yep. London is not in my top five. Yeah, man, they're fifth in mine. They are sixth. Oh. So yeah. I'm with you. Barry Colts are number four for me. Again, you they've won four in a row. They're getting hot. Um, Brant Clark coming back is huge. Yeah. Um, th- this seems like a typical Marty Williamson team where they were quieter at the deadline, but they've got all the talent in the world to to make a run yeah. at it, right? They're they're gonna be in that competitive group, that top tier of teams in the Eastern Conference. So uh Barry Colts are number four for me. Uh number three, Colin. Yeah, three for me. Crazy. First time they're not in the top two this year. Ottawa 67s. Um, oh, two, all right. Two, Holy crap. There's two other teams in the top ten. Or in the top, in my top five. Oh, my God. I'm cool. Quit saying that. But uh, there's two other teams in my top two. It is my top five that are better right now than the Ottawa 67s. They are well-deserving of being in the top two of my power rankings. Ottawa, they've been good. But, hey, they just lost the seventh-ranked team in the conference. We didn't think they were going to drop. They're going to drop. That's fair. So they're dropping. Number three. Uh, uh, number three for me uh, is the Windsor Spitfires. Shane Wright deal is huge. They've won four in a row. They are eight and two in their last 10. Um, number one in the West, but number three in the power rankings for me. Um, yeah. Uh, number two, Colin. Windsor Spitfires. Um, four, four wins in a row. Um, big win on Sunday in London. Um, gonna see other yeah, goaltender played well, but yeah, it's a team game, right? Windsor was a better team. Um, Windsor Spitfires, number two in my rankings, winning four games in a row, eight and two in their last ten. Yeah, which moves to my number two pick, and this was tough because I was between a couple of teams, right? And if we're basing yeah. this off of being hotter, um. Uh-huh. Oh, it's it, it it's tough. Um, no, yeah. you know what? Uh, Ottawa is still the best team in the OHL. Um, to me, yeah. so North Bay is number two, albeit they are hotter than Ottawa is. Yep. Six wins in a row, but they are still number two for me. Uh, Fifty nine points, three back of Ottawa, and they've played one more game. Um, so North Bay is number two for me, and I think I just gave away my number one. But uh, number one for you, Colin. Number one for me, Ottawa or the North Bay Battalion. Um, North Bay to me is one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and in the Ontario Hockey League. I really like North Bay. Um, I think they're a very good hockey team. I don't know how they do in the playoffs, but North Bay is my number one. Six wins in a row, eight and two. Don't know how long they stay my number one, yeah. but right now, for my opinion, the North Bay Battalion are my number one team in the Ontario mm-hmm. Hockey League. Yeah, and of course, my number one being the Ottawa 67s. Um, I just think that 94 goals against stand out a lot. 
Um, yeah. You know, yeah. with them being the only team under 100, um, you can tell they're good on the back end. Minchikov just skyrockets the talent uh, on that blue line for the 67s. Of course, we talk about Logan Morrison being the MVP last year in the playoffs, leading to a Memorial Cup final. Um, the Ottawa 67s are still on top for me. Um, there is that odd chance coming this week, though. It flip-flops with you know a few games and only a three-point deficit uh, for the North Bay Battalion. So um, Ottawa won for me, North Bay won for you. And that will round out the show as well. It was a very fun show, and I'm glad we delayed it a week. Um, I hope all the listeners are as well. We were able to do a full breakdown in the Ontario Hockey League of the trade deadline. So it was a fun show, Colin. And uh, it's just one we always look forward to, I think. This one, the draft show, yeah, uh, season preview, playoff preview, playoff recap. Um, those are always fun ones. So that'll do it. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We really appreciate it week in and week out. Um, it's always a fun ride right until the Memorial Cup final. So Hey, nice one. Rockers country. Let's ride. Oh, my God. Let's They're not hide. even in the playoffs. Let's yeah, I know, but come let's on. Ride. Yeah, you gave me the opportunity. You tried. Had to do okay. it. We I tried. Think the Steelers no, we tried had... harder. <laughs> we hid. Well, you we did, hit. yeah. A tide. Yeah. Um, to everyone out there, thanks so much for tuning in. For Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney. We will chat again in seven days.